0: You please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength, our rock, and our Redeemer. Amen. There are some scriptures in the Bible that we often want to avoid. Um, they come up and we kind of look to see what else is going to be in the lectionary on that given Sunday. Or if we are forced to deal with them, we do so in a very whitewashy kind of way. We want to apologize for them. We kind of want to scrub them be like, well, okay, yeah, this, this looks not great, but here's what's really going on. And, and of all of the Bible stories to get this treatment, I think uh, this one... And its sister story in the gospel according to Mark are the two that get that treatment the most. This is one of the texts that I'm the most uncomfortable with. Because you heard it. It's right from the pulpit. You heard Jesus refer to a woman as a dog. Because of her race. That just happened. Now, um, if this had happened in the modern day, we have our, our ways of dealing with controversy like this. Um, to start off with, there would be a huge Twitter uprising, uh, hashtag racist savior would be everywhere. Um, people would be commenting on it, there would be tons of bloggers you know, giving in their two cents. Um, and eventually, uh, there would be a, a press release from Jesus's camp, probably not by him, but maybe by one of the disciples would get up and say, now you need to understand, we'd, we'd been walking everywhere, he was really, really tired, and, and, and she just kept shouting after us. And so, you know, these, we, we regret what was said, but you have to understand where we're coming from, and hush, 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 and that wouldn't make people happy, it would, you know, it would get, you know. Anderson Cooper would do an interview, and then then Jesus would come out, give a short, prepared statement, and go away. That's sort of how we handle these things now. We, We make the excuses. But that's not going to work here. The Scripture is set up in such a way that we cannot possibly ignore this text. Because you also heard what Judy read. That immediately... Before this text, Jesus goes out of his way to make sure the disciples know that it is not what you put into you that defiles a person, but what comes out. It's not about what you eat. It's about what you say. And he was going up against the teaching of the time. Pharisees lost their minds because they're all about enforcing kosher law. And ironically they would have agreed with him about the Canaanite woman. She was a Gentile. You're not supposed to associate with them. They probably would have been like, that's the first reasonable thing you've said all day. But it happened. It happened. It was said. It's a heartbreaking situation. Because you have this woman whose daughter is possessed by a demon. Now that phrase is used sort of interchangeably with disease, but she's suffering. This girl is suffering, and her mother is trying to get help for her, and has come and is chasing after Jesus because she's heard about him, and she's heard what he can do. If you've ever seen a parent desperate to get help for their child, you know the lengths they'll go to to make that happen. And she keeps chasing after them, chasing after them. And Jesus doesn't say anything. I mean, clearly, no, she's there, but isn't responding to her. And we know Jesus, it's probably because he's pretty uncomfortable. Jesus, in general, liked healing people. But he can't. And finally, the disciples go up to Jesus and say, could you do something about this because she keeps shouting after us. She isn't going away. And that is a fascinating choice of words. She keeps shouting after us. That same exact phrase is used throughout the Old Testament for prophets. That is what a prophet does. They shout after people. They shout after the people of Israel. They shout after the evil kings. They shout after one another when when prophets are starting to get all twisted around. That is what a prophet does. They shout after people. And the people being shouted after don't often appreciate it very much. And so finally, the disciples keep saying, she keeps doing this, and Jesus finally turns around and looks at her and says, don't you understand I am for the lost of the people of Israel. That's where it comes from. I've sometimes heard from people who have a racist background and know that they have a racist background, the phrase, well, I came by it honestly. It was was how I was raised. It was where I was raised. It was who I was taught to be. And Jesus legitimately had reasons to think that he was only for the people of Israel. I mean the old testament's full of it and jesus was one heck of a scholar of the law he knew that you were not supposed to associate with gentiles and here i here he is the son of god the god of abraham isaac and jacob He thinks that's who he's for. And the woman begs, please, you could help her. And Jesus responds, it is not fitting to give to the dogs what was meant for the children. And that's how he thought. That's how he thought the world works. I'd like to think that he didn't like that the world was that way, but darn it, that's just how it is. And she, like a prophet, responds immediately. Yes, but even the dogs get the scraps. And Jesus is amazed. How many arguments can you think of off the top of your head that Jesus loses in the Bible? This one. This is it. This is the one time Jesus says the one thing, someone contradicts him and he goes, wow. Wow, you're right. I believe With all of my heart, that this woman is a prophet. A prophet to Jesus with one message You are bigger than you think you are. You are not just for the Jews, you are for everyone. And you've got to figure that out. And he does. Following this story, suddenly Gentiles everywhere get in on the party. This is where he figures it out, where he realizes how big his mission actually is. That's why we can't ignore this scripture as much as we would probably want to. But it's also important because we need to see the danger of racism. How insidious it is. So insidious, so powerful, it can sneak up on you. It snuck up on the Savior. He didn't like it, but he thought that's just how the world is. How many things do we just let happen? Because that's just how the world is. I mean, it's easy for us to look at Judea. At an institutionalized racism written into the very law itself. And think about how horrible that is, but... Then we look at ourselves today. We look at a world where the proper response for a 17 year old boy who is unarmed, who worst case scenario pushed a police officer is to be gunned down and get shot, killed. But if a white guy gets together with a few hundred of his best armed friends, and stands up to federal officers, that doesn't even warrant jail time. That's the level of disconnect we are offering within our institutions today. And it's so easy to just wave them off and say that is how it is supposed to be. That's just how the world works. And the scripture is telling you to reject that out of hand, to recognize it inside yourself and to reject it. You are not called to be like the disciples in this story who just want it to go away. You're not even called to be like Jesus in this story for whom the situation is unfortunate but it's just how it is. What do you want me to do? That's just how the world is. Now here the person you are supposed to be emulating is a nameless Gentile woman who cries out for justice and cries out in such a way that even the creator of the universe hears her. We have talked in here over and over again about how important it is to love And to accept. And you're pretty good at it. (laughs) Do you know that? You're good at loving people. There were steps that Rose and I were able to take with you all that we would never have dreamed of making at other churches. You're good at loving people. But understand how big Your love is. Do not accept for even a moment that there are people who are undeserving of that, and it's unfortunate, but that's just how the world works. Everyone needs this love. Everyone needs this justice. You are bigger than you ever could have imagined you are. Be the voice clamoring for justice. Be the voice that will not accept anything less. You have so much love to give. Do not let questions of race or class or religious ideology get in your way. It's so easy to do. I mean, if even Jesus did it, that's a pretty good excuse, right? Don't let it happen. Be the prophet. Because this is a world that sorely needs that voice. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.